Welcome to Save It For The Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Pat Cusick, alongside my co-host, John Doyle. How's it going, everyone? And Mark Acuso. Hello to all our faithful listeners and to my two fellow co-hosts. Hello, guys. Hello, Mark. Uh, and <laughs> hello to everybody out there. As Mark said, it is episode 48, getting back in the groove of things after had the one-week sabbatical and we're back last week and keep back ticking along. Back better than ever. Yep. Back better than ever is right. We will keep rolling along. Um, a lot to cover this week. We got a big three questions to cover after the Patriots game and some NFL stuff. We got loser of the year coming up at some point. Fun toss-up. So a lot to dive into. Um, anything you guys want to touch on this week before we go into three big questions? Anything on top of mind? You wanted to discuss a UFC fight? Well, I just noted that on there. Um, there is a UFC heavyweight title fight, and we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of, of that. I guess it's just interesting to me when there's a big heavyweight title fight. Like, this is the biggest heavyweight title fight they could probably put on. It's a, the interim champ versus the main champ. And I don't think it's talked... I don't think anyone's going to watch it. So I have... I'm waiting for you to tell me what you guys are. It's Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gane. So Francis Ngannou? Yeah. Okay, I've heard of him. Yeah, versus Cyril Ngannou. I was not aware of this fight. I have never Yeah, heard of they're all... I mean, it's a great story. It's two guys. Um, Francis is from... I forget exactly where, but, you know, he, he was homeless. Cameroon. Yeah, Cameroon, I think, maybe. Yeah. Like, he was homeless, like, moved to France. But uh, Cyril Gane is from France as well, so they were briefly teammates. And now they've, like, kind of gone their separate ways. There's bad blood. Francis is the heavyweight champ but didn't fight for a while, so Cyril won the interim title. Like, it should be all the makings of a heavyweight blockbuster, the likes of, like, Tyson Fury um, versus with the, the Deontay Wilder. But nobody's talking about it at all. It's interesting. We way more talk about like Jake Paul versus fucking bag of milk Askren or fucking Tyron Woodley. And this is like legitimately a great, great fight. Like you'd be hard pressed to, to come up with a Is UFC losing popularity? No, they've been doing pretty well, I think. They had their I feel best like they're very relevant. They did their they had their best year ever last year, but I guess it speaks more to like it will always be the personalities that sell versus okay, the biggest like, fights in the UFC, right, maybe. Okay, so like McGregor and so on and so forth. You know, the Nate Diaz is the... Right, because the Nate Diaz-McGregor was a non-title fight. Yeah, right? I mean, ape shit for yeah exactly. George Masvidal's of the world. Um, obviously, if John Jones is in this, he's moving up to heavyweight. That would be a big deal because he's a big, big deal. But, like, it does seem more than ever the UFC is kind of a personality driven yeah wwe that's a good way to put it like a wwe style like by all rights this should be the kind of fight that the three of us like oh this would be great to watch this weekend you know we're talking heavyweights are always the most fun it's easy to get a knockout yeah and there's like a ton of backstory like a wwe-esque backstory here Hmm. but i don't know if it just they didn't promote it well or whatever but Maybe maybe doing it in the NFL playoffs is not a good idea either, right? It's hard to get into the kind of get into the public consciousness. Do you do you think at all that the casual fan is sort of? Do you think that the exhibition fights, the Jake Paul stuff, the Theron Williams, like these other guys fighting these like silly celebrity matches, has sort of uh, stolen the the eye of the casual fan, and then they, they these get lost. Because when these were sort of the only game in town that were being promoted, you would have more... I feel like they had a little bit more visibility, and now it's just sort of like, oh, there's another fight this week, but it's a real one, and uh, I just watched Jake Paul, or whatever. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Well, I think... Well, I guess what I would say is there's only so much 
media attention that can be spent on fighting, right? Like, they're, it's never going to be the biggest thing. Like, if you're, you're going to cover the NBA and college basketball and college football and obviously the NFL and then the NHL and the MLB get a little bit of that. And then um, the what's left over is your boxing, your UFCs. And then now that Jake Paul, who drives a lot of attention when he does stuff, eats up some of that coverage that might have gone towards this Naganu thing – you know you, that you lose a little bit of it, and it's, I don't think it's that fans as much, but I think the buzz dies down because it doesn't get covered as much. If that makes sense, yeah, I think it must that must like cannibalize just again like the casual casual fan that sort of hears about the other fights more often. Yeah, than these. Well, also, how much money do you have to allocate towards pay per views? <laughs> how many times can you Venmo your ex girlfriend? <laughs> be like, I bought another pay per view. You know, it's like yeah, another, another seventy dollars down the drain. It's like you know, you got the Mike Tyson, you got the couple of Jake Pauls. It's like you get a, a pay per view every fucking week. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna, you know, I mean, in, just an average fan, it's like seventy bucks of these pay per views. If you bought that fucking Jake Paul one, whenever that was, like it's a month ago at this point, you may not be ready to drop another seventy bucks on another one. I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't thrilled. The, the Jake Paul fight where he knocked out Nate Robinson. I mean, I guess that was worth the price of admission right there. That's the one that but fried like, Doyle's cable box yeah, too. Exactly. <laughs> but that, like, the Tyson. If, if besides that fight, the Tyson Jones fight was awful. Just two old guys. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. But those are the fights that you're buying. You're not buying. Exactly. This, you're not buying. You didn't even watch the McGregor is, fight. Remember, he was a big McGregor fan and right. Mark didn't oh, yeah. even watch the fight that time. I also would say so. Is Logano and whoever the gentleman is. What's on the line is a title, whereas at least the way I see it, uh, Jake Paul and Woodley fight. I mean, obviously there were. I think there was a lot of like their reputation was on the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if Nagano goes and knocks out this guy or vice versa, obviously within the UFC world, it's going to be a big deal. But like for the public conscience, not as big a deal as Jake Paul knocking out Ty Woodley. No. It's interesting that you say that because in reality, there's nothing <laughs> on the line. <laughs> For these fights, like these Jake Paul fights, I know, it's an actual true. title. There's a championship on the line. Well, no, it's like I mean, a flag Jake football Paul, game versus a fucking the NFL Paul, Super Bowl. If Jake, Paul, if Jake Paul had lost to Woodley in either of those fights, I think the buzz would have been completely dead with him. But yeah. Because there's a lot on the line for that. I think so, there's... So I mean, to differ with you, John. I think there is a lot on the line in this fight. I mean, you know, it's no, two ex-teammates. Yeah, but it is, it's odd. So I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was funny to, you know, to think of how we sort of frame these things these days. Um, I had the NBA on here, but we covered that, you know, last week, but it just sell to the terrible loss last night. They just, for every good two steps forward, they take two steps back, unfortunately. You know, I got on my, so I had my last client of the night, not to make this about me, but it was right near the garden and I was riding bikes. So I got all pumped up. I was seeing people walking into the arena. I saw a few people wearing LaMelo Ball uh, jerseys. So I was like, all right, there's a scene here. I got home. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sit and I'll watch the whole fucking game. They're going to be. Frustrating at times, they're gonna be down at times, but they do. They have that knack of coming back. I gotta stick with them. It's like midway through the third quarter, after the whole fiasco in which Grant Williams misses the open three, they get the rebound. Uh, the uh, French gentleman gets the open three. He misses it. Then Tatum misses the open three, and then I texted you guys. I said I can't, I cannot do this. This is such a poor mood. This has to be the worst shooting team I've ever fucking seen in my life. They're horrible. Help me out. And the three point shooting is Tatum's misses last 14 threes. He's shooting thirty one. They all, none of them, none, no one on the team is a good three pointer. No, they get They they generate wide open three pointers. We're talking like, uncontested. Uncontested. Nobody near them. Like there was a point. Like you, you're mentioning that that stretch of Grant Williams and, and Tatum. 
there was like a stretch similar to that where they had about three or four wide open threes. Like Al had one brick, like Richardson <laughs> brick, yeah, Brown like brick. This <laughs> clang. It I'm looked like Ben's league. The name I forgot. Yeah, he just and you, the thing is too. You, when they're putting him up, you're like, this dude is shot. This shot is not going in. No, you don't have to look at the number. <laughs> There's a reason they're wide open. It's because no, you never reason. feel like that's in, baby. Here we go. <laughs> you know, he's like, up off. The big fucking deal when someone hits a three on the Celtics. <laughs> no. do, do you think that they feel that the way that we do? Like, how many threes can you miss in a row before you're like, you like, you take the open shot, you make the right, pa- you, you know, you make the right pass, you get the open shot, and you're like, you're taking it. You're like, this is gonna be a fucking. <laughs> yeah. With Al Horford, he must think that, the way he's shooting this season. Horford must be like, I can't believe this. I am like the monsters have stolen my powers. I am, they used to, like, it used to be like if you left Al wide open the top of the key, he'd burn you. He'd just hit threes and they'd have to cover him. Now it's like, no, don't fucking bother with him. Well, Put everybody in the paint. I think he's yeah. good. He's good as gone, hopefully, anyways. I mean, I like Horford, so I would like, I wish they could make it work, but so uh, this is not, they're going to make some, make some type of moves to either build for the, uh, Future or for the rest of this season. Well, I think next week we'll probably have more to yeah, discuss. I'm sure there are going to be some more trades that come. Yeah, down we'll the keep. Line. We've got the trade deadline in in a few weeks, so we'll we'll have to keep our eye on that. When do we see. start an NFL draft talk? I'm just throwing that out there. Couple when the when the Super Bowl is over. I mean, if you want to mention something about it in three big questions, yeah, maybe you can. All right. I'm not going to mention the draft in three big questions this week. I mean, you theoretically could, but all right. Uh, let's take a quick break and be back with three big questions. Thanks for listening to Save It for the Podcast. You can find us on both Instagram and Twitter at Save It for the Cast. That's Save It, the number four, the cast. Thanks for listening and back to your regularly scheduled programming. Welcome back to the show and our first segment of the week, three big questions. We're going to talk about the, our first question is the Patriots humiliation, the severe beating of a high school janitor that took place on Saturday night on national TV in Buffalo. Uh, needless to say, if you listened last week, you heard our prediction for the game. Oh, man. Uh, we were not close. <laughs> so the Pats went up there. We were ice cold roasted. in so many ways. Which we, I don't know if it's, <clears throat> excuse me, John. Not sure if it was the same episode we were off about the Cowboys. But um, anyways, yeah. wicked off on the Patriots. Yeah, very much off on the Patriots. Um, you know, I guess we, we have we have no choice but to sort of just sort of recap what went wrong and what no, we have to. <laughs> right, I know. It's <laughs> what like, did it say? Uh, right, it's like I guess I guess a, maybe a better way to do it is, um, like pick one thing that you were passionate about that went wrong. Like, what was the one thing you saw that you were like, "This is just brutal," and then the follow up question. Well, okay, I'll say. I'll say since obviously Josh Allen was dominant, I'll leave him out and let you go with that one, Patrick. I'm going to say the fact that they couldn't stop the running game, that how well the Bills were in, was very frustrating because Pat's, uh, Pat had alluded to the fact that in previous, or um, if we can make the Bills hand the ball off, they have pretty pedestrian running backs. Singletary and then, I don't know, Moss. Is that the other yeah, team? he only Not got good, one carry. Yeah. Some power running backs. And these guys were fucking getting like six, seven yards of carry, which tells me that... You know, the offensive line was just tougher uh, than the defensive line, and it was probably a lack of effort. Lack of effort? I don't I mean, know if it was lack of effort, but just lack of toughness. I don't know. I mean, 29 carries, really, 174 yards. Just, the yeah, on the yeah, that was really important to see how dominant they were doing, like, seven, six, seven yards of carry. Yeah, that'll, that'll kill you. That'll kill you. Yeah, I, I think the run, I mean, giving up all those, those yards was brutal. Part of it is that they just were beaten down by the passing game. 
I, I think the thing that bothered me the most, um, oh, I guess, is the lack of adjustments. You know, I mean, the Bills are better than us. I, I, I thought the I, I thought the gap was closer than it than it seemed that night. You know, we won one of the games, and the second game was fairly close. Week sixteen against the Bills, yeah. it wasn't a blowout by any stretch. Patriots had a decent chance to win that game. Um, but I think most people would agree the Bills are the better team. We all thought going into it, the Patriots could make it a game if the weather was kind of crummy and we could get off to a good start. Like, there were ways for them to win the game. But the Bills started and played very well, and it didn't feel like the Patriots ever changed anything they were doing to try to fix the issues that were happening. It wasn't like, okay, it's 27 to three and a half. Let's just throw the fucking game plan out and say, we're going to blitz Allen like crazy. And if he throws a thousand deep touchdowns to Stephon Diggs, so be it. Or whatever. I'm not saying that had to be the switch. But we're going to do something very different here. Yeah. It was like, let's just go out and do the same thing we did again. Can't be any worse. It's like, actually, it could be worse. It could be the same pulverizing you got. Right. So it was just, it didn't feel like there was any adjustments. And I get we maybe don't have the personnel and blah, 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 blah. Week 16, they didn't punch us around like that. Yeah. They won, and they played well, but it wasn't like this. No, this is so did the tough. team just quit? Like Mike said, did they just give up? I mean, I wouldn't blame them almost. If you're getting pulverized like that, I'm yeah. sure it's demoralizing. I was thinking about the logistics when it was 27-3. to 3. In real life, this team, it's, a, it's miserable fucking weather. They're playing a very good Bills team. It's only human nature to be like, hey, you know what, fuck it, we'll get it next year. Yeah, once is one. I can't. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to get to Cancun. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wouldn't blame them. Yeah, no, that's definitely that is human nature. You're right. It, it just sort of it's a characteristic that the teams in the past haven't often had of like, okay, this game is over, uh, so we're gonna pack it in. I, I, you know, like that's not that's not really the Patriot way, historically speaking. <laughs> well, it's a really bad fucking sign if that's what they chose to do. If they were like. If they really did quit, then boy, we got bigger issues. I don't think yeah. the offense necessarily quit, although it didn't really fucking matter. I think they, if the, if they didn't quit, that might be worse because you only mustered seventeen fucking points. I mean, you guys covered the big things, and I guess just I will throw out out there that seventeen points. We can say it every week is going to be really hard to win any really meaningful games with seventeen fucking points. You're so right. Even if you know, even if yep. God, it's like I know it's 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 easy to say. Well, we get let up forty seven points. It's like all right. Well, what if we didn't? What if we actually played better in the second half and we punched them in the nose? It's like well, we were still, we were never getting to twenty seven points either. Yep. I mean that. I think more. I mean, that the first two series obviously set the tone for the game. The Bills tried down there, score a fucking touchdown. On a, first of all, the touchdown they scored, Josh Allen thought he was throwing the ball away. Dawson Knox comes out of nowhere. Fucking, this guy can't catch a cold the first time we play him. This guy's like fucking. Uh, Who's it? Dwight fucking Clark. Yeah, I know. Yeah, seriously, he really. And then on top of that, Patriots <laughs> have a very uncharacteristic, good, solid first drive. Brandon Bolden drops that fucking wide open play, but then Mac Jones answers by breaking a third and ten, gets the first down, throws up looks like a nice ball to fucking Aguilar, and Jordan Porter came out of fucking nowhere, made the best of looked like goddamn head read like a hide, right? like a hide, I think. Whoever, forgive me. But if we're gonna go play by play, Mark, we should know who did the, who did what. It, uh, it, was, it, 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 it was definitely like one of those we were all at the bar watching it together the three of us and it's one of those moments you're like uh oh <laughs> uh oh this ain't so good like this could go was real bad point during that day you think we were gonna win that game well, so fucked up when he broke the long run I was like 
that's it, baby. Like, here we go. We're playing with all the passion today. Yeah. And I'll tell you, though, when Brandon Bolden did drop that ball, I was like, oh, no, it could be one of these days, couldn't it? Oh, it, it was one of those days. It was one of those days. I, I mean, look, I know he's Bill's son. I would fire Steve Belichick immediately. You, how, do you do, how do you do that? So, so, so this, this, this segues into the second half of the question, I think, which is what would you do to fix the Patriots' issues going forward? Fire Belichick and bring in B-Flow, honestly. Steve Belichick, not, not no, Bill. No, fire Bill. No, I have no, Bill promote Steve. No, yes. forgive me. No, obviously not fucking wrong. I'd make Steve Belichick walk the plank. I would put him on Bill's whatever boat that he has, six rings now and seven. <laughs> I would put plank on it. I would fucking make Steve Belichick walk it in the fucking that? Atlantic. Oh, make him walk the plank? I don't know. I'm guessing it's illegal, but I would try it. So essentially... Can you murder the if, son if, of the coach? I don't guys, think so. Do you guys think that... Do you think McDaniel stays, number one? Well, let's focus on the question John asked. Do you Steve Belichick? No, no. What do you do? So I, I just thought it was a nice segue into the second half of the question, which is sort of where, what are the areas that we need to fix? And we could make an argument that one speed of them is the coaches that. Uh, Personnel-wise, speed I'm line. talking now, and then you talk. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Talking, I thought you were then, then you talk. Ready? So one of them could be the coaching staff. If you have something else you'd like to levy, you can speak now. What would you like to say? Forgive me, John. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to speak on the player person. Yes, yes. Okay. Speed at linebacker, number one receiver. Well, one thing. So speed at linebacker. Speed, speed at linebacker. linebacker. Great. I, I do. Th- <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. They need a. They need a number one wide receiver. I think um, the defense will be the obvious issue yeah. after this game because you watch the way they play, and that's horrible. I think they can figure out the linebacker, like not perfectly, but getting younger at that position. It, maybe they can do that through the draft and stuff. It's a lot harder, I think, to find a number one wide receiver. I think that's going to have to be a real focus this offseason, whether that's trading for Calvin Ridley or using their first-round pick on a guy or whatever it might be. Um, We need somebody who can consistently get open. Forget this Bills game. We should have been playing the fucking Bengals because we should have beat the Dolphins. Agreed. You know what I mean? We should have beat the fucking Dolphins, and we shouldn't have been in this spot. We should have been in a much better spot. I think we all just chose to gloss over because we all thought the Pats were going to bring... They're in a game for the Bills game. Like, didn't we say, like, all right, fuck the Dolphins game. They always lose in Miami, but that's a great fucking play looking back on it. You know, this it, is something that I feel like has happened before. I mean, it has happened before. It has like, happened blown, before. Blown the last week of the game, the season to the Dolphins, and be like, oh, whatever. And yep. you kind of stagger into the playoffs, and then you get punched in the nose. We, we're not good enough to have the luxury of just throwing a game in the trash and be like, we'll play whoever comes our way. It's not fucking <laughs> Tom Brady anymore. We should have been begging to play the fucking Bengals. You know, we should have been dying to play the Bengals. Yeah. The Raiders very easily could have beaten them. Forget that. But just saying, if we, we've got – you mentioned it, John. 17 points is not enough, and we had plenty of games where we scored 17 or less this season. Yeah. Uh, or you know, slightly more. And that's not going to be good enough moving yeah. forward. So getting somebody – use that Aguilar play, for example. Pretty damn good throw by Matt. Not perfect, but a good throw. A really good wide receiver high points the ball Thank and catches you. it for a touchdown. I know it's zero about X's and O's, and that's like one thing I did remember. It's getting to the high point of the ball. I watched it live. I said, Al Gore, fucking... Jump for the late. ball. Fucking eight. I mean, OBJ, for Christ's sake, would fucking go up and snag that. Or that's, at least attempt to break the fucking play. Stephon Diggs would try to jump up and get it. You know, yeah. uh, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel. The best players are not... The legit clear-cut number ones are not... Running with their hands down at their sides, hoping the ball falls into their pocket. <laughs> well, exactly, and I would I would take it one step further 
which is like, we've been so bad in the draft of wide receiver. I would like them to ideally go and spend on a guy that we know is established. And I hope that they could bring somebody in that's a free agent. Yeah. I don't know who that would be. I know you said Ridley is out there. There's a couple guys that are out there that I've heard this about, but I don't even want to fuck with this, like, oh, we'll draft the best wide receiver available right. in the draft. Exactly, because they won't fucking hit, hit it. You're right, John. Uh, just look at Bill's track record. The one frustrating thing is I read that with someone like Johnny Smith or Algalore, I think you're looking at $25 million combined dead cap space if you cut those guys. Mm. So it doesn't leave you a ton of room to get like a Devontae Adams or a um, uh, the gentleman from Tampa Bay. Uh, Good one, Godwin. Godwin. I'm pretty sure you can let Aguilar go without a big hit. John o. Smith is no. I'm pretty sure I read that, uh, that it would be $10 million in, in uh, dead, dead, dead cap space or whatever the hell it is. Somebody posted, this is a little bit off topic, but somebody posted a Titans, it was a it was John o. Smith's highlight reel from the Titans again today. Did, did, did we check his, you know, uh, can we get a blood sample make sure it's the right guy? Because that's not the guy that played for the Patriots this year. He was an absolute freak. In 2020. Who is that? Is that on McDaniels for just not utilizing him? Was it on fucking Mac Jones for not fucking facilitating? He might be one of these guys that just got paid and took the year off. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that I happens. I mean, the guy had, he had 24 catches for 240-some-odd yards and changed at one touchdown. It was back against the fucking Buccaneers. Last couple of games, he had zero catch against the Dolphins. Pretty sure it was zero against the Bills. Yeah. He, he had one catch against the Jaguars, one against the Why, Colts. Like I mentioned in the previous episode, obviously I don't know anything about calling a, a game, but... Why didn't they at least attempt to do one of those fucking where he's like in motion and hand him off? See what he can do in space. For fuck's sake. I mean, yeah. Well, we said it was going to be a kitchen sink game. <laughs> we didn't pull anything out. I mean, fuck. What was the trickiest play we did? I what, mean, what was the tr- I mean, I guess we're we saving him for next season? Yes. <laughs> Which I guess we didn't do a single fucking trick Here's, play. Guys, let's just let's end on this note. The one positive is when freaking Mac Jones hit a touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. He almost got hit by a dildo in the end zone. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, Sorry, John. You're 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 running the show here. No, no, no. I just and I, and I think that you know I try we try to segue into this part of it. I don't think it's crazy to say, even though we said it sort of jokingly, to reconsider some of these uh, other coaches on the staff, like Belichick, like the special teams coordinator might have to go. Oh, he God. sucked. Bring back Joe. Judge. No, no, Come not on, Judge. Go. But I do agree. I'd fire that guy. Patriots were. They did the annual special teams rank, and I, Rick Gosselin, I think is his name. He always does it. He's great at it. Yeah. Um, Ravens were number one. You know, you expect to always, see that. Yeah. Patriots were 18th. We're never that low. I, I'd say we were worse than 18th, really. I mean, it felt that The way. only reason I think we were high is because we had one of the best kicking games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Folk made everything. We, we had how many punts blocked this season? Way more than we should have, and we, <laughs> we can't... We, we, like, we can't return the ball. Gunner was terrible this season. Gunner stinks. And not only that, um, another telling thing from that game is when Micah Hyde or whoever it was, one of the safeties, did a kick return and almost took to the fucking house. That did not happen with the Patriots of previous years. Never. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to be fixed. I mean, there's, uh, you could go on. We could do a whole show on this. I mean, I feel like you could, you could look at almost every position and say that we need a little bit of help. So... We, then, I think you you made you sort of made the point, John, when you mentioned Jonu Smith. We need more out of the guys that we spent a lot of money on. Yeah, Matthew Slater or Matthew Slater, Matthew <laughs> Judon was non-existent the last five weeks of the season. When was his last good game? What about Hunter Henry? Did he ever? Were we ever like, oh man, this guy's taking over the game? He no, but he was a red zone target. I, I didn't, was okay. He was fine. He, I guess he would. He I certainly, say he, you certainly would not look at the money we spent on the on the 
wide receiver and tight end position that would say, like, wow, that was really well done. Like, that really made it. I think the issue... Bourne was good, but the other guys... Mm. Last thing, the last thing that I will say on this, John, Dante Skarnickia was interviewed saying, uh, Dante Skarnickia, a uh, former yeah. offensive line guru, saying that they need, in the past, they've always had that one guy that they can rely on to pick up the first down, whether it was you know, Troy Brown, Deion Branch, Wes Walker, Edelman, Amendola, have you. They need that guy now. Problem is... They still, they've invested a lot of money in the skill position guy skill position guys. I mean, you have twenty five million dollars just in tight ends per year uh, that they're getting paid, and you have you know Algalor and then Kendrick Bourne. You like to think one of those four guys could fucking be your pick up the have to have at first down. Do you know what I mean? It feels like he goes to Myers when he really. That's right. I said I said Myers would probably. Be and Myers like, is good. And look, Kendrick Bourne was by far the best signing. He makes barely any money. Yeah. His base salary is three point five million bucks. Yeah, it's exactly. like that's a great signing. Aguilar, you know, his cap hits fourteen. Bournes is six. It's like that's a pretty big freaking difference. Yeah. Johnny Smith, thirteen million dollar cap hit. You, you just you have to find ways if you're gonna spend money on people like that to get them more involved in the game. It can't just be like, well, wasn't his day. He didn't play that many snaps today. It's like, well, we can't sign anybody else because this is where the money is spent. Right. So they have to be involved in the game plan. John off- Smith cannot go zero zero catches last two fucking games of the <laughs> this, season. I know, this offseason stinks for us because we absolutely blew our load last offseason. Well, I would not know- be surprised if they got rid of Aguilar, though. I think they could save like six million if they would have dead money, but they could save like five or six million by dumping him. Oh, they got him. What's interesting to He's me also about taking up a roster position, sorry, John. No, it just uh like what's interesting to me is that we talked about this the money thing, right? The Patriots is supposed to be so financially conscious as a, as a franchise. But I wonder if, like, the, if the Bill Belichick as the coach is so uh, dead set on just, we play the best guy, the guy who practiced the best all week, that he then is, like, totally oblivious to the fact that he has spent all this money. I'm trying to spend on, on the bench. It's like, did the GM Belichick forget, you know, or did the coach forget that GM Belichick, <laughs> essentially... Sign these guys up, yeah. It's like, dude, because I think you're right. Like, you have to get something out of them. You just, I mean, you have to use them because I was, what else, I mean, no, I just don't know what you're going to do if, if, if that's, if they do have to come back with a similar group of guys, forgetting even uh, Myers is a restricted free agent, so they're going to have to resign him. I'm sure he's going to get some decent offers. Uh, you're just going to have to find more creative ways to use people. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's not good enough to do that. You know, to, if you're going to pay a guy $14 million a year, you can't be going 0-0-1 for those last three games they place. Yeah, that's 28 <laughs> catches on the year for John Smith. That's disgusting. 28 catches. That's it. That's well, almost a million dollars a catch. <laughs> well, half a million because he gets to bet 14. So half a million dollars a catch. That's, good. Yeah, that's good money if you can get it, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we, we could go on and on, but we should move on and talk about the rest of the NFL playoffs. Round one, super wild card weekend this uh, last weekend. Uh, finished with some pretty lopsided scores. Uh, only one or maybe two, you would ar- could argue, were, were tight, really interesting games. What jumped out to you from the, the Super Wildcard weekend, and what are you looking forward to in the divisional round? So let's, let's start with just sort of a recap of what was uh, your big takeaway from the wildcard round? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I thought about this for a while because it's hard to make – the bigger proclamations out of games that weren't that competitive, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I sort of leaned to was I'm, I think the Niners impressed me. Like it's tough to go in and win in Dallas. Um, 
Debo Samuel is just like, I don't know how many people are playing better than him in football right now, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that matchup against against the Packers. Yeah, he'll be good. You know, because they I think they can run the ball against almost anybody. They've got a go to guy in Debo, and the defense is pretty damn good. You know, they're deep. They they really were taking it to the Cowboys for a while. The, the Niners got really banged up in that game. Some key players. Jimmy's got a bum knee or the bum thumb. Uh, there's the Fred Warner, but supposedly Fred Warner's fine. They Bosa? Bosa supposedly he's okay it. too, from what I was reading. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, very impressed with the Niners. Cowboys are boneheads. I mean, listen, if you were to choose a loser of the week from last week, I guess you had to go Patriots because they got. Actually, no, I'd probably go Cardinals, but Pat's a close second. But I, if someone to Cowboys, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with them either. Yeah, that was a tough lot. I mean, it's a tough way to lose. That's for sure. Um, what else jumped out from this week? Um, well, I mean, I, the 49ers, is, like you said, because it was a close game, and it's, I think it's, I think it's really important when you're looking at these games coming up to, I think it's, it's, it can be more telling to watch a team gut out a close win like that on the road. Totally agree. So, like, I think that's, like, a really big momentum-building win for sure. them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Sorry, Doug. No, I just, uh, that's sort that's sort of, like, that's my takeaway from that game that you mentioned, Pat, just sort of like, oh, like, they actually... They, they actually gained something from that, whereas a lot of these, like Kansas City finally dispatched Big Ben. I mean, what did they really do there? I mean, or you, or what do the, you take from that? Or the yeah. Bucks beating the Eagles. Beating the pants off the Eagles. Or even yeah. the Rams beating the bag on the Cardinals. That team was not prepared for that game. I will say this, that I like. Uh, I mentioned last week that I, I do sort of like the Rams. The Rams are going to be a tough out continually. The, the game, the, the, the Rams-Bucks is going to be a great game. And the Rams have now, you know, they were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. I think they are well coached. I think that this is an all-in year for them. And I think they played that way against a probably underprepared team, but a really talented team in the in the Cardinals. They looked like they were in a different stratosphere as a, Car- as a Cardinals team that won a lot of games this year. So I will say that. Yeah. Um, but again, probably... You know, anytime you can take the foot off the gas at the half, it's like not quite as impressive as what San Fran did. But uh, that'll be my takeaway, Mark. What do you What do you think? Um, I think that the also I think that the Bills Chiefs game I think is probably gonna be the game of the fucking playoffs. I know I said that about the Niners Cowboys games, and that was a hell of a game. Very interested to see how that game goes. I'm very interested to see how the Rams go into Joe Robbie's turf. Raymond James saying to play against the Buccaneers with Brady, who, and I hate to say this, I really would be surprised to see the Rams going to Raymond James and beat Brady. I well, really would. We'll talk about that in a sec. We sh- are we done covering? Okay, no, me. we were. Gonna, I was. I'm sorry. I meant to, what I was asking you was what did what stood out to you from the weekend and a half? Yeah, I think the I think the the Bills look like they're prepped to beat the fucking Chiefs. Okay, Pat. What else do you have from last week? Um. Bengals, you know, it was a good game. I think winning your first playoff game with a new QB and a coach that's never been there can sometimes be the rockiest one. So I'm, I, I was, I was pretty impressed with them. Um, I think the Chase Burrow combo is really good. Like it's really, really impressive, despite not having a great offensive line. How often they can find Jamar Chase. It's something. You know, we talked about in the last segment of the Patriots needing the number one wide receiver. Burrow knows no matter what, 
like I'm gonna go to this guy again and again. I'll throw them the ball 15 times, yeah. and I will go. I will go after this guy again and again and again. And you know that's that that was a pretty impressive performance. I think Chase had nine catches for 116 yards. His first playoff game as a rookie. Yeah, pretty awesome. Like that's pretty fucking impressive, man, for a rookie to do that. There were a lot of people that said that they should have drafted that offensive lineman. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's fucking egg on their face now. How do you think they would have done? How do you think you would have done? Any pancakes this week? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, I always get that idea, but it's like if you can get a guy like fucking Jamar Chase, who just is uncoverable. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, now we're going to have a much better season because we can just whip the ball to this guy 15 times and he's going to catch it 9 or 10. I think, too, the line of thinking is that it's so much safer to, to get to draft an offensive lineman than it is to draft a receiver. Because when a receiver sucks, it's pretty apparent. When an offensive lineman's like, how many times do we call his name today? <laughs> yeah. No, it <laughs> is just look at the all 22. Yeah. <laughs> but when you get a game breaker, man, it's like, you know, compare contrast that with fucking uh, Dallas that has CeeDee Lamb, who is an absolute stud, and he had one catch for 21 yards. Well, I mean, again, Burrow has the – they have the college connection. Yeah. They are very comfortable with each other, which is another reason why good on them for drafting him and taking all that shit back in the day. And I will say this from that game, and I think that uh, – I saw an interview with Burrow speaking about this before the round. He said he's just now feeling comfortable trying to make people miss and scramble around in the pocket. I think that was evident against the Raiders, who the big the big talk of the, the the talk of the matchup was could he avoid that pass rush with uh, the Raiders at Crosby Max Crosby, again. yeah. So and I think he did. I mean, he he sort of was dancing around back there, making people miss. And if he's getting if he's healthy now, and this is what we're looking forward to, they could be a tough out too. Yeah. And one thing I'll add, one thing I'll add to this game because you guys pretty much covered it. Kudos to the NFL for acknowledging how terrible the referees did in this particular game. Yes, we should definitely give the NFL a big pat on the back. I mean, so... so <laughs> no, how about they don't so, fucking assign a guy who fucking sucks at his job so, to do it? I so, all right. So Patrick, Kudos to the NFL for Patrick, putting out that fire they lit Patrick, in your front yard. Patrick's lovely wife, Amy, is a... Uh, she's originally an Oakland Raiders fan. By auxiliary, we chose to root for the Raiders, even though they're from Las Vegas. And we ended up... Wholeheartedly rooting for the Raiders. I right? know, yeah, we did. Because, you know, like you mentioned last week, John, they're a great story, and they put up a hell of a fucking fight. And the, the referees, I think that the Bengals deserve to win, but the referees at many times took over that fucking game. Yeah, they hosed the Raiders. I'm not getting, bad. There's two particular times in which I'm sure it's well documented yeah. at this point. As a man who had a lot of money on the Raiders, I was not pleased with them losing by seven instead of six points. That's all I'll say. That's bullshit. <laughs> that was bogus. Um,. What about so those are sort of the highlights from Wildcard Weekend? Besides the fact that, like as as I said when I when I waited for Big Ben to have his uh, little um, farewell, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's what I get. <laughs> oh, glad you got it. Are we going to discuss next week's games or we? Uh... Yes, we are. Well, I was just going to say that I, besides what we talked about, these other games, the games that happened were pretty much fucking very boring. Uh, hopefully in this divisional round we get some closer matchups here. So what are you? What do you have circled for the weekend? I don't care who goes first. Rams. Rams going into uh, Tampa Bay. We need to talk about your Brady stuff. You can't decide how you feel about him. You see, you were rooting hard for the Rams, right? 
You posted that you were rooting I, very I, hard for the Rams. Then you posted ten other Tom Brady positive things. This, this is, there is a John. Can you have my back on this? It's driving me fucking nuts. <laughs> you can't decide. You're like, I hope the Bucks get killed. There's cool as a cold sore. Go Rams. And then you post like five things, being like the goat with the best drive I've ever seen. <laughs> Patriots Tom Brady. You can't. It's the same guy. No, you cannot make that separation. You cannot root for Tom Brady to get his ass kicked this weekend and also, like, be posting constant highlight videos of his. I am one of your oldest best friends. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. If I I left here and went on some sort of killing spree... What would you be like? I, I remember, remember John from the simpler times. Yeah, exactly. I've compartmentalized. No, you'd be like, he was a bad guy. <laughs> Listen... Let's 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 get let's take emotions out of this. I just think from an X's and O's standpoint, this will be a very interesting game because I think on paper we would say the Rams should be the favorite, but they're going against into Tampa Bay, and they are facing the goat who is very tough to beat come this time of year. So, but 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 we need to talk about the posting. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're me and me and Pat were looking at it within hours of each other. It's fuck the Bucks. They're about as cool as a cold sore. I hope the Rams roll. On your Instagram story, which is a weird thing to do, by the way. <laughs> and then it's a couple hours later, it's like, wow, what a great drive by the goat. We send it back to like, what is this? It's like, oh, simple at times. It's like, it's the same guy. The only reason I imagine that you're rooting against the Bucks is because of Brady. Yeah, you hate Brady. So, it just, but not old videos of him? You love old videos of him. Old videos but you don't like him in person. Give in me a fucking, right give me a highlight video of any house right now, and I'll be tickled <laughs> Happier than a thing and shit. It's just so strange. It's a strange times, John. Doesn't want to fess up to what's going on over there. I feel like if you <laughs> want to post those videos, you almost have to root for him. I refuse to root for him. I know what it is. I, it, it's the whole... I can't stand... He's down in fucking Florida with these, these ugly-ass Mickey Mouse uniforms. I can't stand... Oh, geez, the head coach, Aries' face. I can't stand him. I, I can't. Maybe because he's the antithesis to, uh, antithesis to Bill. I just, I don't know. Everything about it. And then Tom, he said a lot of, like, negative stuff towards, like, being in the Northeast. I don't know. I'm just, like, really over the whole situation. Then you, why are you posting all kinds of things, le- heaping praise on him? You even posted that video where he did the Eagles thing. That was right? a cool video. <laughs> you can't be loving that's, his stuff. That's, yeah, that's, like, a thing that he's doing now that you think is currently funny. You're, like, enjoying his, like, current funny social media. Well, that was kind of a jab back. That was kind of, like, a, a big one-up for the Pats Nation right there because he was on the Pats when he dropped that play back in 17. <laughs> It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. You do need to go to therapy to talk about what's going on with you and Tom Brady. (laughs) Your golfing partner, you hated him for golf, but you loved him for a spaceship. You you hope he's, you say he's as cool as a cold sore, but you love his little Eagles video. Like, you you, you have a split personality inside of you. Listen, inside Mark, there are two wolves. Yeah. One that wants to live in space with Tom Brady, (laughs) and the other that wouldn't even golf 18 holes on him to save his own life. Listen. In a year, I'd say at most after the next season he'll be retired and we can move on and I can go back to reminiscing about Tom Brady from 2020 back to 2001. I would just recommend it would be like if you guys had like if you had like a horrible breakup. It's like I would recommend very strongly to you to stop following him altogether. I agree because you're posting things and it looks desperate. <laughs> you shouldn't follow him. I don't think it's good I for you. I don't follow Tom Brady. I think it was a, it was part of like the discovery page on Instagram. You don't follow Tom Brady. 
Check it. I don't think I do. I, really, I honestly don't think I do. I actually don't know either. I was. No. I just. I'd be shocked. If I, I, I thought you were Jimmy Google it. Let's see. <laughs> you can't tell me. You don't find them a little bit annoying. You got fucking Gronkowski down there. I'm not, I don't disagree with you that there's something annoying about him, Mark. I, 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 I'm still rooting for him. I, I don't disagree that there can be something a little... Like, it, I'm not rooting for them maybe the same way that I used to, that I did last season. Like, I was pretty like, all right, I hope he wins. Do you think, do you think by him... I don't, I don't think he gives a shit at all. I don't think he thinks about, like, Pat's nation. I don't even think he considers that, like, even enters his mind. You think this is a big fuck? You, do you think he's a, he's thinking a big fuck you to Belichick and Kraft? It has nothing to do with us. I uh, yeah, I don't think so either. I no, think I know he, it doesn't. Obviously, he's bigger than us. It's I, like that. It's like the Don Draper meme in the elevator, where it's like you should be ashamed of yourself, and he's like, I don't think about you at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, that's yeah, like I, yeah, I think you should. It's like I don't think about you at all, and that's exactly it. John's right. He doesn't think about the Patriots in the slightest, and and I'm not saying because. Like he has any ill feelings? He did that documentary where he's very favorable to the Patriots. It, it just—it was time for him to go and do something else. So yeah. I don't know. I do think that's <laughs> going to be an interesting game, though. I am looking. That's forward. my point. Well, okay, yes. Game. It, yeah, it could. It, it certainly should be. Um, I'd like to watch it with you, Mark, because I think that would make. I would like to watch with him too, because I don't know how you would shake up. <laughs> like I feel like you'd be rooting against Brady, but also rooting for him. Like, if he completed a big pass, you're like, yeah. And then if you, like, throw a pick, no, you're like, yes. Because it's completely misinterpreting. I think I'm celebrating the, the, the man who was. He's terrible. still alive. He's, He's still not dead. Football. He's the exact same guy. You can watch him on Saturday. I, 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 I've chosen to embrace the past. <laughs> oh, Many boy, people say that's good for you. <laughs> I've chosen to live in the past. No, not live. It's embrace <laughs> I can compartmentalize. Uh, you have moved to the Flintstone, Flintstone home world and you have embraced the past fully, finally. You're not a man in the moment. You're not a man of the future. You are a man of the past. Listen, did you see, also, Tom Brady, do you recognize this guy anymore? He's 45 years old. He's walking around with a tan 24. He told yeah, he looks, he he look, I recognize him. He looks like a fucking game show host in football pads. He looks crazy out there. He looks like someone's dad. He, he is, is forty five. He looked like that his last couple of months. Yeah. He's multiple people's it looks problems. Like, <laughs> he has multiple it looks, children. It looks like a fucking. It looks like you know those. It looks handsome. You know those those like those, uh, New York Fire Department versus uh, New York Police Department football games with these guys like yeah. in the forties. That's what Brady looks like. Yeah. Walk around with yeah, they do. Yeah, they'd love that. They have a guy like him in the New York Fire Department game. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. throwing missiles 60 yards down the field. Did you, yeah. I don't really think they'd be doing a steroid test when he got back to the fucking bunkhouse. <laughs> yeah, what, has this guy been, what has this guy been doing? Working out 24-7? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. When, was the last time he, when was the last time he went to a call? <laughs> uh, besides that, which I, I could talk about that all night. Yeah, there's a lot to get into there. There's um, <laughs> a lot to unpack there. Uh, the other games, uh, besides that, what are we looking forward to, Pat? Do you want to you take yeah, one? Yeah. Um, I mean, Bills-Chiefs is the game of the weekend. You know, I, mean, I don't think there's any two ways about it. It's a primetime game on Sunday, 6.30 p.m. Uh, arguably the two favorites to win it all, really, if you look at the way. I mean, Green Bay is obviously in there. But I think if either of these teams played the Chiefs, uh, excuse me, the Titans, they'll be favored. Whoever wins when they play the Titans will be favored over the Titans. Yeah. Um, and I think either of these teams in the Super Bowl would like... I think the Chiefs would definitely be favorites over anybody. The Bills would be close. Green Bay is the favorite right now, but I assume that's a product of the fact that they have to... Kansas City has to play. Yes, that's Buffalo. my thing, and that Buffalo and Kansas City play each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them, obviously, is 
Garrett, yeah, has a much tougher game this week. Um, that's going to be a great game. Two, two, two of the very best quarterbacks playing at very high levels. Um, Chiefs had their ups and downs this year. So do the Bills. Th- this will be a great football game. Can Josh Allen do what he did against the Patriots? Get out of the pocket, extend plays. You know, make get pick up some some first downs, uh, running the ball. Can he? You know, just really control that side of the football because I because I, I think you know they played last year in the playoffs and he had a good game but not a great game. Mahomes just was better than him. Yeah, yeah Mahomes was just awful. better than him, right? So can can Josh Allen keep up with Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they played this season and. I thought it was the signature win for the Bills. The Bills were great, 38-20. Like, it really wasn't that close. Allen had 315 yards and three TDs. Like, he looked yeah. at a million bucks in that game. Now, that was when the Chiefs weren't playing their best football. Mm-hmm. What I do expect is to be a really good game. In Arrowhead, like, this is going to be – this is exactly what the playoffs are all about. It kind of sucks they have to play in the divisional round instead of the AFC Championship. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty fucking pumped Patrick, to watch this game. Patrick, based on what I saw last week, I don't think uh, – Jesus Christ. I don't think the Bills will have trouble keeping up with anybody. This is going to be a this is a totally different Chiefs defense, though, that this, than it was if they played week six or five. And also, the, I mean, it's a very different kind of game when part of the reason the Bills were able to score so easily against the Patriots is we knew we were so slow, but also they kept getting the ball back like that. Yeah. You know, it's like up three plays, punt, because Belichick does not ever go for it on fourth down. It could be fourth and a quarter of an inch, <laughs> and he wouldn't go for it. Yeah. Um, you're playing, you know, it, it's a different situation when you go, the, say the Chiefs get the ball first, it's 7-0, different ball game now. Right. Yeah. You don't score immediately. It's like, oh, shit, this is different. You're the one down 14-0, you know? So I'm curious to see. I think there's going to be a different type of push and pull in this game. Yeah, so be how we do. And fucking Arrowhead seems like the hardest place on earth to play. Oh, my God. It? Yeah, dude. The fans go bananas there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Given they're that. The, they're, the, they're the AFC. They're the, they're the team to beat. The last few years, they yep. are the. This is the game that will tell us where Allen sort of sits in that like category of elite quarterbacks. If he can go into Arrowhead in the playoffs and do this, the talking heads, but we'll say this as well. But it'll be a huge. It'll be the win of his career. Oh yeah, no doubt well, about it. Say the time. It's but I mean, but it, but it's saying something. Yeah, it's for, saying something because I mean he lost to them in the AFC Championship yep. game last year and can't quite get over the Mahomes hump when it matters. So this would be huge. Oh, it would be so massive for the Bills franchise, for for Josh Allen. It, it, would, it, would, it would be a massive statement if they can win this game. That being said, out of the games that are left, out of the teams that are left, I, would, I will struggle to root for those. The, 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 the Chiefs and the Bills are two teams that I would struggle to watch win the Super Bowl. Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. If I see Sean McDermott... Pull out that trophy, I'm gonna blow my brains out. <laughs> well, I mean, here's a question: Would you rather have him do it or have Andy Reid win? That's like, would you rather be the top scientist in the field or have that cow disease? <laughs> That's such a hard question because it's like Andy Reid's already done it recently, which he's it's annoying, but it's like maybe I can live with that. What I would have a hard time with it being the divisional guy that I don't think is that good. I wouldn't disagree there, but I feel like with McDermott, it might be one and done. The thing with Reid is, we already saw Mike, you sent us the video of. 
Zandy Reed, the GOAT coach versus Belichick. Like, if he wins another one, get ready, though. Get ready for that horrible... I know that conversation makes no sense. It's ridiculous to suggest Andy (laughs) Reed, no matter what he does. He'd have to win the next six Super Bowls in a row. But but (laughs) if he wins this one, get ready for those kind of... Keep in mind, Peyton Manning only won two Super Bowls, and they had that discussion. Yeah, so just... And just doesn't exist anymore, but for a while... Just just, just keep keep that in mind. So, I'm rooting for the Chiefs in this game, because I of what the Bills did to us last week, and I, and I don't like the fucking yeah. Bills, but I yeah. really don't want the Chiefs to win. I, yeah, ideally what will happen is the Chiefs will, will will embarrass the Bills and then somehow get embarrassed by the Titans and Bengals yep. the following week. That would be in, in a perfect world. Yeah. Um, I will take another one of these games just because, and then we can move on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take, I, I want to, I, I think that San Francisco Green Bay is going to be a huge game. Yep. That's the biggest. Uh, that's the biggest spread of the weekend. San Francisco is a five and a half point underdog. I think after that big win in Dallas, I think that they could be it again. I think they're going to be a tough out. Yeah. I think that um, Green Bay has been the most consistently great team all season, but San Francisco is coming on at the right time. I'm really looking forward to watching that happen. Yeah. Right give me a give me a fucking healthy Jimmy G. Oh, he's never really healthy. Oh, he is. I say he's a full practice though. Feels like he's good to go. I know, it's just like, you know, if they lose, it'll be this thing where it's like, exactly. well, his shoulder was, was open. His was shoulder hurting. wasn't right. You could, yeah. But anyways, I think that but would be a good game. Yeah, game. me too. I'm, I'm actually psyched for all four games. I think that they're all, they're, they're all, uh, they're These are some damn good games. Oh, yeah. Could you, I'm, I'm not going to say, can you imagine Jimmy G versus Brady? We would shit. Right. Okay. I wouldn't Let's shit. I'd be, I'd be enjoying it. I'd no, I know. I'm saying we, we would shit because it would be so <laughs> enjoyable to watch. How could you enjoy that? I don't understand. How could you enjoy... Can you explain that to me, John? How could he enjoy Jimmy G versus Brady? You'd have to be miserable. Listen, you know what my favorite genre of film is? What's that? It's drama. There's nothing more dramatic. Is that what uh, Macho whatever was? The Clint Eastwood? No, that was not a drama, was it? It technically was a drama. It wasn't a very good one. (laughs) Yeah, you like shitty drama. So continue. I saw a very good drama. Save it. Did you plug in your Google thing yet? Google Play or whatever that, I gave you? Where when I get home from New Hampshire? Yeah, here we go. All right. Yeah. We plugged in. <laughs> I've already saw a great film recently, May 2019, Richard Jewell. Yeah, another not a good, would join. Yeah, not a great movie either. But. No, bad movie. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that would be a great, uh, that would be a fun NFC Championship game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to all the games. Me too. The I'm NFL owes good. us. Four solid games in this divisional round yep. after so many blowouts in the wild card round. So that's what I'll be rooting That Cowboys Niners game was a great game, like I called though. Was. All right. Uh, switching gears a little bit here. We talked about the NBA last week. Sort of time to start really uh, taking a hard look at co- the college basketball landscape here. January is winding down. We're not that far away from the tournament and the conference championship games, really, when you think about it. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, who do you think the best team in the country is this year? And um, you know what? What do you what? What sort of the what do you think is like the overarching theme of this season is so far? And, and like who stands out to you? Hmm. Well, I obviously think Gonzaga is the best team because I'm always going to think that when they're at the and top. They're ranked like this. number one. Right? They are ranked number one. Yeah, it's close to them in Auburn. Um, this is an interesting college basketball season. I think it's actually kind of a lot like this year's NFL season where it's like one team seems up one week and then they're down the next and there's been a lot of ebbing and flowing. Um, The top tier seems kind of straightforward to me. It's Gonzaga, Auburn, 
uh, Arizona, Duke, and Baylor to me is like kind of the top top teams. No um, love for Purdue, huh? No, I I I never really buy it from Purdue. I I, I just. I don't blame you for that. I just had to put it up. Um, I, I just never buy it from Purdue for whatever reason. I don't know if it's that slow Big Ten style of basketball. Um, I don't feel like Purdue's got any really good wins besides the Villanova game. So yeah. I just kind of look at them and I go, eh. Um, but if I, you know, <laughs> if I were to pick my top teams coming in, it's going to be a very interesting tournament. And I'm really curious to see how the rest of the season shakes out because – we don't have. I mean, last year was clear. Gonzaga and Baylor were cut above everybody else. Like there was no doubt about it. They were the two best teams all year. They met in the finals. Like that was what was you know pretty much ordained. You could tell me there could be ten teams that have a shot at making the the championship game this year. Maybe more. Because yeah. it is it is totally wide open to me. I think Gonzaga is the best team, but I think. I would not be shocked at all to see Auburn win it all, or Duke is always going to be there with guys like Paolo Banchero. Um, so it's interesting. I think one thing I really like about this year is sometimes we'll have, like, the first pick will be on a team that doesn't have that great of a season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when Ben Simmons was on LSU or Markel Fultz was in Washington or whatever it is. You get these guys that sort of um, – I'm trying to remember. James Wiseman was on Memphis, and then he didn't get to play, and they weren't any good. So those kind of things. This year, Zags have Char- Chet Holmgren, who is in the running for the first pick. Um, Auburn has Jabari Smith, who's in the running for the first pick. Duke has Paolo Banchero, who's in the running for the first pick. And those would be the top three, but then Jaden Ivey is on Purdue, who's right there. Adrian Griffin Jr. is on Duke. Like, the best teams have the best guys we're going to get to see guys that are like nba ready we're going to get to hopefully get a good feel for them in the tournament in the conference tournament so i think that's always fun i have a question for you yeah kentucky who is 12th in the country they just beat texas texas a&m mm-hmm. who is 15 and 2 how are they not ranked texas a&m is 15 and 2 i think they just lost a couple games Wait, before then who is this texas a&m lost to, to kentucky who is 12th in the country um and 15-2, Texas Yeah, they're 15-3 and three now. I think... Because well, they lost to Kentucky. Yeah, right? I don't... I think they had a couple of losses to um, not great teams, was my 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 thinking. But I'm not 100% sure. It's surprising you're 15-3 and three in SEC and you're not even ranked. I mean, that is surprising. But if you have not beaten a single ranked team all year, which they haven't done. I mean, most of their wins come against people like Northwestern State, um, a Georgia team that sucks, a team named... Yeah. Central Arkansas, who's they two and ten. Scotty Pippen, baby. They lost to TCU and Wisconsin are the other two losses besides. Kentucky, uh, those are pretty great teams. Good teams. I mean, they've beaten Houston Baptist Huskies. You know, the teams. Texas A and M has a schedule that would literally <laughs> make like Endicott blush. It's like, wait, you played who? <laughs> right. Uh, sorry, you played Dallas Christian Crusaders, who are not even a Division One team. I don't even know how they get some of these teams on their schedule. Well, it's a, they play, it's a fair point by Mark. If you hadn't looked at it, it's like, wow, they're doing this in the SEC. And they I guess we, well, no, you answered my question. I guess we know why they're 52 and not ranked. Yeah, because they're not good. I think they're just, I mean, that that's going to be a really interesting case when you get to the tournament because mm-hmm. people are going to be like, oh, they should definitely be in. But if they, if, if, if Texas A&M loses to LSU, who they played twice, so they lose both of those games, they lose to Alabama and Auburn, who they each play once more, they'll end the season with zero ranked wins. And they could be, they could have 20 wins, but zero of them against anybody good. They'll have racked up wins against Alcorn Christian, <laughs> University of North Florida, fucking a horrible Notre what Dame team. What did get this, uh, this, this matchup? They do, and they lose anyways. 
<laughs> we believe you me. BC schedules the worst of the worst, and they still fucking lose. Uh, this is sort of an aside, this is sort of an aside, but in like the conversation about these college uh, basketball rankings, either you see the story. It was like almost a loser of the week situation, but I didn't quite think it, it cut the mustard. That uh, the Georgia Bulldogs basketball team was ranked like in the, like fifteenth in the country for one day at the AP poll. And they were like, what happened? Like, a bunch of people were like, how did this happen? <laughs> it's because some jabroni reporter thought that the G was the Gonzaga symbol and ranked them as the number one team in the country, and it's, like, done by, like, the staggered thing. Oh, you should be fired for that. <laughs> and you should lose your vote, obviously, right? Because <laughs> you're not even looking at the teams. You just click the G. And that's pathetic. <laughs> that is that, that is loser of the week level to me. <laughs> I think that's terrible. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. People, because you know they're obviously re- released, and people go to see where they're from. Like, wait, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Georgia's a whopping five and thirteen on the yeah, season. Yeah, one vote for them to be number one. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I loved that the other day. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. After a season last year where we did get the number one and two teams in the country, I think that we are primed to see a tournament where you might see anybody who's in the top fifteen win the whole thing. I mean, you're looking yeah. at UCLA as Johnny Juzang back. I mean, they are going to be borderline top 10, They depending on how they finish the season. And that's a team that would scare you in the tournament. Um, there's a lot of teams like that that brought back players. My uh, my uh, fight in the line I yep. brought back uh, Kofi Cockburn, who is now, he's averaging like 22 points a game in 30-something minutes. He's in much better shape. Uh, they have some good complimentary pieces there. I just think that there are a lot of teams that you would not be surprised to see, at least in the Elite Eight, you know, like that no. could jump up there. So I'm I'm excited. I've been trying to watch as much as I can during the weeknights and just try to catch some of these ranked teams that I haven't had a chance to see yet. It does sort of suck that the Zags are always on at 10 o'clock at night. I know. I, I caught the game against BYU. It was on, I think, at like 11.30. Um the other night, so I, I stayed up pretty late to watch it. Um, That's nuts. Yeah, it sucked. But I wanted to see it because BYU is very good this season. Um, and the Zags were just incredible. Like, they were just – they've really turned a corner with their three-point shooting lately. They've got the two, two like, incredible big men and Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. So, it does suck that they play so fucking late. I mean, their next couple games, 11, 11, 9, 9, 10. It's just like – you're going to be hard-pressed to catch them. It's, just, it's, it's really frustrating. It's like the Arizona Wildcats are the number three team in the country, and I am embarrassed to say I haven't seen them play because that's the same thing. You know, fun fact about Chet Holmgren, if he – so he's right now, I think he's projected to be the number one pick overall. It's close, yeah. I mean, it depends which mock draft you look if he, at. If he does go number one, he would be the first Caucasian American-born player to be drafted number one in the NBA since 1977. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I would not have thought. Chet Holmgren is a very interesting guy to watch play, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's a great he's a player. He's a, yeah. he, he, he really is a, a very, very unique type of player because you would think with his – he's incredibly skinny and you would think he's able to be pushed around, but he uses his length so well and he's such a natural shot blocker that even when they are physical, when people are physical with him, it doesn't have always the desired result because he can be pushed backwards and still block your shot pretty easily. Right. Yeah, he's got, torn, he's got torn ACL written all over him. Well, it'll be interesting to see how he does in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got degenerative knee issues written all over him. Yeah, I don't know how he's gonna do when uh, you know, maybe Joel uh, Joel Embiid's pushing him back. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I guess you wouldn't want him um, 
to be covering Joel Embiid day one, but I think he, <laughs> <laughs> I think he would do quite well. I think he would do quite well in the NBA. You know, I, I mean, like you, is his ability to do things is is something that like his ability to dribble, shoot, shot, shot block, and be his size is. I, I don't know how you don't take him one. I I've seen a couple of things where Banchero or um, Jabari Smith go over him. I don't know. I'd want to take the, the chat, but who knows? I mean, I guess it's a it, we still got a little ways to go here before we know for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll, as we get through, I mean, the, we all know that the tournament plays such a big role in how this ends up going. Yeah. Um, but we should we should have a clearer picture of who the best teams are and who maybe you know couple of the other best players in the country are as we get closer to these conference championship games and yeah you know we should be mindful ourselves though last year we were pretty hard on like evan mobley because he was awful in the tournament and he's been like the best i was really hard on him i thought he was terrible in the nba oh, i hated him i thought he, i think i had no heart i thought he looked awful in the tournament when against the zags yeah um i i was really down on him and he's been incredible in the nba and the, and the flip side of that I thought Carson Edwards was going to be the next Mitch Richmond or something <laughs> based on his performance in the NCAA tournament. And he's one of my least favorite Boston Celtics of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess a good a good lesson for all of us to be like, wait a minute, maybe we should judge, like, their skills and, like, how they can fit in the NBA versus, like, how they do in a, you know, 40-minute game against, like, a team that's better than them. Yeah, a three-week stretch of yeah. uh, games against, <laughs> you know, ridiculous competition after ridiculous competition. Um yeah, I don't know. More to come on this, though. Yeah. We'll be uh, splicing this in more often, I think, as we get closer to... Uh, so, so to lifeless, we'll have... <laughs> this is our basketball backup. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Celtics uh, picking back up our old friend uh, DJ Dozier, PJ Dozier, and Bull Bull. We, we would, because it's not on the list. And if you wanted to mention it, it was during the NBA section in the intro. <laughs> so we're going to go to break, bowl and bowl. we'll come back. A, somebody give me a Bull Bull jersey. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. If you have any thoughts, questions, or concerns, send them to us on Gmail at saveitforthepodcast365 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for Toss Up. We've mostly wrapped up our best and worst of 2021 on In the next segment, we'll have loser of the year to really put a bow on things. So this week, we're totally changing up toss-up. This is a brainchild of one and only Mark Acuso. Uh, We are... Here's the toss-up this week, folks. You could own an exotic animal as a pet. And no, we're not encouraging anyone to own them. We know it's illegal and not safe. But if that was not the case, if you could have one exotic animal as a pet, what exotic animal would you choose? Mark, this is sort of your baby. You want to start us off, buddy? So I would go, thank you, Patrick, for that platform. I would go with a, it's called a sugar glider. Hmm. It's a cute little, uh, cute little, um, I don't know what to call it, a, like a uh, rodent. Is it a marsupial? It might be a marsupial. You don't know what it is? Sugar glider is, he's an omnivorous arboreal. And this is where I, this is the reason why we're not taking. He's a nocturnal gliding possum belonging to the marsupial infra class. So you wouldn't take him. I would not take him because I can't be going to bed and then I'm making all. T- I've I've broke up with girls mainly because they keep me up at night. So why would I? They keep you up at night. Jesus yeah, they literally Christ. wake me up and they want to talk. <laughs> uh, so. So I'm not going sugar glider. I'm going to go with the fennec fox. The fennec fox is a very cute little feline. 
He almost looks like a, a bat, John. Yeah, he has very big ears. I've seen those. He's a those. small, crepuscular fox native to the Sahara Desert. And also, the fun thing about him, he's adorable. And he can be a uh, domesticated little pet. So he's almost like a cat. You know I love cats, guys. I also love dogs. I like you're a little best of both worlds here because you this animal, Fennec Fox, looks like he can... You know, take care of himself during the day so I can go off do my thing. Do you know what the word crepuscular means? I have no idea. Do you? It means, yeah, I mean, they they, they basically, <laughs> they uh, operate during twilight and like like dawn and dusk, I believe. Why did you say nocturnal? Because that's not what that word means either. That means night. So crepuscular means what? Like they're most active at dusk and dawn, I believe. Is, uh... Oh, just give me a tarantula. I mean, Randall, <laughs> this was your idea. I figured that you were going to come with some heat on this one because I have. Uh, I gave you two good ones. You, you didn't. You, one said, you, didn't you said you didn't want one. I sugar glider. I mean, I could live it. It'd be pretty cool. I just don't know. I, is he keep you up, keeping me up at night? I guess you'll have to talk to him. <laughs> I think it's the issue with some of these exotic pets. You know, it's like mm. it's quite a commitment. Yeah, I don't know why you fucking suggested this. It's awesome, then. If you think the whole idea is bad. I don't think it's bad. I think it's just tough, you know. I mean, I found two little cute critters. Yeah, you do need a small animal for that apartment of yours. You know, and it would be very irresponsible for you. I to mean, it would be awesome like to have a fucking humongous, like, you know, snake, but. Yeah. What do I do with that? I don't know, man. I'm going to Fed Fox. Okay. Great. John, <laughs> what do you got? Okay. Uh, um, I. Rodent. <laughs> He's a marsupial. I said he was a marsupial. What? <laughs> I didn't even look it up. <laughs> Sugar glider, not the medic box. The, forgive me for not figuring out the, not remembering the infra class it was. Yeah. Yeah, not forgiven. Not your category. Can you name every infra class there is? No, but I would know it for the one I'm picking. <laughs> I'm thinking a kangaroo. I think kangaroos are cool, but risky. It is risky. Where are you going to keep the kangaroo? He could beat the shit out of you. Exactly. But I could train him to beat the shit out of other people. Mm, you're going to have to take a lot of beatings, buddy, to get there. I think it would be fun because he's so dangerous and he's also a conversation piece. Not also, he's got that little sack. You know, you're you're going to put, put, put a little jack in that sack? <laughs> I think the sack has fluid in it, so I don't think we want to put anything. Does it? That's there. disgusting. Yeah, it's not, Dude, it's you not like on television. Where is this kangaroo going to live? In my hypothetical apartment. Because I'm not actually getting him. And Nancy's okay with this? Yeah, in my Flintstone hut, actually. Kangaroo. <laughs> See, I thought about kangaroo, but then I almost... I was leaning towards wallaby instead of kangaroo. Well, because I think you guys are missing the point. These cannot be fucking pets. Uh, kangaroos can be in some places. Yes, they can. It's controversial, but they can be pets can in you, certain areas. Can you moved to Australia, John. Well, I don't know that that's the place it is. It's a little rude of you to just assume it's Australia. Yeah, what do you know? Were kangaroos the most indigenous? Yeah, who knows? Where are you? Where are you living with your? Yeah, not some of them Massachusetts. Some of them have made their ways to be pets in the U.S. That's what this article I read says. It's like if you if you watch Tiger King, there are all kinds of weird places where you can get away with these exotic animals. Kangaroo's just a classic. It's yeah, a, it's a, it's it's one of the most recognizable animals in the world. If you had one at home, it'd be totally easy to convince somebody to come by for a beer. You know, hey, I got a fucking kangaroo at the house. Yeah, but I got go a couple rounds with them. I got a little fennec fox sitting on my shoulder. Yeah, both crepuscular. <laughs> what, what about you? Uh, I, I, I wanted to choose a monkey, but it's just too hard. Uh, <laughs> Those things, now that's dangerous. So my grandmother actually owned a monkey. Her family did when she was very young, before my parents were even born, before my mother was born. They had a monkey for a little while. Said it used to, it was not easy to deal with. 
They didn't keep it forever. It had to be given to a zoo or whatever. Um, I don't know if she didn't talk about that because we're kids. She doesn't talk about like throwing <laughs> crap. But she said that when my her my great grandfather would like bend, he didn't like men that much when he would bend over to tie his shoes, the monkey would jump on the top of his head and like grab his hair. <laughs> and, like, it's yeah, so he'd jump on his head, grab his hair. Oh my god. Um, so I went with a llama. My understanding is they're incredibly loyal. So I was reading about them. They're incredibly loyal. Yeah. They're very easy pets to own. They're like clean, low maintenance. They don't require a lot of hard work. But suppose, like you know, supposedly they, they are actually similar to dogs in that sense that they're like very, very loyal, and that's why they're used as um, therapy animals a lot because Which they're you like so badly needed. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if anybody's. Is Alvin not fitting the bill? No, I love Alvin. He's great for that. But I'm, in this scenario, we have to. I think Alvin would get along well with a llama too. That has to be considered. I don't think Alvin <laughs> and a monkey no, would God, no. would do well in the house together, Absolutely terrorizing not. each other. Absolutely not. No, you Alvin know? is. Yeah, no, he's Alvin, particular, and I don't think monkeys deal with that. I wouldn't lot. say Alvin. Uh, Alvin is particularly alpha, so I think he needs. You can't be trotting a monkey grabbing you fucking on his head and shit like that. Yeah, well, I mean? no, I agree. But I could see Alvin and a llama running through the fields together. I could see that. They, 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 they're both very harmless creatures. Yeah, just bounding around. So that's why I like the llama, because it's just very easy to take care of, compassionate, loyal, all those different things. That's not a bad one. That's a more real one, I suppose, than like, you know. Well, because I looked at all these different ones. I was trying to pick one that I thought, like, would be good to that I could actually manage. I was like, if I, the monkey was my number one. Like, I'd love to own a monkey. But would that be good for the monkey and me? No, it'd probably be bad for both of us. You got a Homer Simpson mojo situation. Yeah, I read an there. article where it said it's like essentially having a toddler for 40 years because they live <laughs> a long time. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy. 40 years? <laughs> yeah, they live a long time, I guess. Fuck that. That's what my wife has to deal with with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine too. But she's like, <laughs> she's hopefully, yeah, I'm not living 40 more. Just, so. Yeah, I was going to say, literally, neither of you guys need a fucking pet that's going to outlive you guys. <laughs> yeah, who takes care of you? You know? Yeah, that's fair. I think Llamas probably live like 17 to 20, so... So here's, a, here's, a, here's an honorable so, mention. So again, neck and neck there. <laughs> here's an honorable mention, uh, just from a cuteness standpoint. Have you guys ever heard, seen a capybara? Yeah, I have. They're incredibly sweet. They're like these... They're, like, they're, they're called like giant hamsters, mm. and uh, they're very friendly, I guess, and social creatures. I think it's like sort of cruel to own them, but... I follow a capybara man on Twitter where they just like repost all these great videos. Those are actually rodents, Mark, if you're looking for a rodent. Yeah. You could I, got, I got enough mice in my apartment. Those are my yeah, master, your master splinter. Curl yeah. up. It's tarantula, Mark. Ugh, yuck. You want to be a spider guy? These capybaras look terrifying. If you... They look cute. You, <laughs> you looked up chupacabra? <laughs> yeah, he did. He looked up the chupacabra. <laughs> Honestly... His Capybara looks similar to Alvin. No offense. He a does. Bit, yeah. He does look similar to Alvin. Bigger right? face, but yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, alrighty. Well, that's ours. I'd be curious to hear other people's and lay in the mock for his choice of tarantula, please, folks. Yeah, gross. Let's take a quick break. No, I, back with with... The sh- I came around. I'm going the sugar glider. You did not. You chose Fennec Fox. Fucking YouTube videos. You chose Fennec Fox in the end. Whatever. Be right back, folks. Thank you for listening to Save for the Podcast. If you have any suggestions for a toss-up or a loser of the week, feel free to reach us on Instagram or Twitter at Save It For The Cast. Uh, again, save it, the number four, the cast. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for a very special loser of the week segment. 
we are going to wrap up 2021 as we are about three weeks here into 2022 at this point <laughs> by choosing the loser of the year for 2021. There were a lot of contestants for this. Hotly debated. Um, how do we want to do this? Do we want to give ours? Do we want to talk about some of the people that just missed out? How do you guys want to handle loser of the year? That's a good question. I wonder if to be safe, because we haven't talked about what we're gonna, well, who has who or what yet. Do we wanna, do we wanna start with each giving our loser of the year and then talk about the honorable mentions, or do you want to yeah. build up to it? I kind of want to build up to it. Okay. So why don't I say some people and you let if you chose them as loser of the year, jump in and say why they were loser, right, yeah, loser of the I like year. That do you like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you guys probably. I mean, you guys throw them out too because I'm not going to remember them. Okay. All. I mean. Who's who's an honorable mention? Somebody you didn't choose. Okay, well I don't. Okay, do you want me to give my honorable mention? Yeah, sure. So I'll go with I. Not to be a victim of a recency bias, but the John's LA Police Partners Buddy Cop Duo blowing off the uh, robbery to play to catch Snorlax Pokemon Go. Definite honorable mention. Uh, talk about negligence of duty. Especially I agree. With, they, they were one of the people I agree. Especially in today's climate where it's, you know, very much this blue eyes and all this mess. And you have these two negligent police officers go around catching Pokemon Go's. The most, doing the most frivolous thing when you have one of the most serious jobs serving and protect the fucking public. There's certainly an honorable mention because they, they, I think they fall just short of either funny enough or serious enough. Very serious. To be, but like to but, be a but real also contender. very funny. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not quite there, but so I, I agree that that's a good honorable mention. Because what I, I, the people, so I had to, when I was trying to choose mine, I wanted to choose a person or whatever who I felt was like a repeat offender almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where it was like, so one of my one of my people one of the groups that was in the running for me to be loser of the year was Dan Snyder and the Washington football team. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, they started off the year with the huge scandal, everything going on with the terrible uh, workplace conditions for women being sued. Some bad emails came out from their guys at, and during this lawsuit. Yeah. They had the Sean Taylor fiasco where they tried to sugarcoat um, like some bad PR by retiring his number and they did it in front of a freaking porta potty yeah. and they made his little got, space to stand where all the you VIPs. Mah- you got Jackson Holmes doing the TikToks. Yeah, and, and then most recently they didn't reinforce their stand, so they collapsed and almost crushed Jalen Hurts. So oh, it's like my God, I that. boom, 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 thing after thing after thing for the football team, and it's like, can you get your fucking shit in order over there? It was like a pretty run-of-the-mill year for that franchise. I know, honestly. I mean, seriously, John, if we started this uh, two decades ago when Dan Snyder took over, they could have been in the running every year. I know. They did in the run for the decades. What would you have for a runner-up, John? Yeah, I I think um, it's hard because I spent most of the day thinking of of contenders before I settled on one. I would say a a runner-up for me would... Probably be the assistant football coach that went down to Texas who had the uh, stripper wife. Oh boy, oh, yeah. Yeah. the monkey. And the, the monkey, monkey, and the monkey uh, speaking of the monkey as a pet thing, uh, the, the monkey supposedly bit the trick or treaters down yep. there. That was a wild story. I, I sort of enjoyed like the one off, like D list celebrity or unknown person that has just done found themselves in some incredibly embarrassing scenario. Yeah. Um, did anybody choose Zuckerberg as their loser of the year? I did not. 
No, I didn't want to just say that though because I didn't know. I didn't. Know, he's a repeat offender. Yeah, I did not choose him. He was my he was my number two, just runner up by a hair to the guy I chose. Zuckerberg very much deserves, I think, high high consideration for loser of the year. He had a bad year. His company sucked. He is a, just totally he oblivious. A significant amount of money. I don't. Oh no, I don't think so. he may have. I don't know. I'm not sure of that. I just more think his. Public stuff is just constantly humiliating. He tried to create the fucking metaverse. He got pulverized in Congress again and again. He had to go in there and just be berated for hours yeah, on he, end. He didn't exactly come off charming either. No, he came off like he was a fucking robot. He has no social skills. None. Either. Zero. He just stood there as he got pulverized again and again, like looking like, oh no, the noose is closing around my neck. You that video of him with the fucking um, sunscreen on his nose doing the wakeboarding thing? Oh, and yeah. and people were just like, ah, we hope you crash into a tree. Yeah. Because really everybody, bad. like, trying to post what would normally be a cool video if it was anybody in the world but him. And then there was about, I don't know, a million responses wishing that something terrible would happen to him. Yeah. So that's where he's at in his life. And then that metaverse thing where now we're going to sit here and instead of doing this podcast live, we're going to put a fucking headset on and see cartoons of each other recording a podcast. Yeah, that thing looks pretty fucking bad, too. Like, some of the things I've seen from, like, the... It's actually worse than I, I don't know anybody that bought the headset besides shout out to our friend Bethany who did. She loves that stuff, Metaverse. <laughs> she owns one of those headsets. She's literally the only person I know that bought it. But <laughs> uh, um, all right, do we want to fire off our actual losers of the year? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Can I can I just say one more thing on Zuckerberg? Though, Please. Is that one of the reasons I didn't know how to categorize it is because although he was a repeat offender and it's super embarrassing, I wonder if he knows. What a loser he is. You know what I mean? I sort of would prefer the person who is actually going to win the loser of the year to have their life sort of, not not their life ruined by any means, but like, wow, I really took the L this year. And he's a guy who just sort of keeps eating punches. So I, I, I wonder if like he tries to act like he doesn't, but then he like logs on. He's like, oh, I bet people love this video of me. And he just, <laughs> he's like, loser, asshole, fuck you. Like yeah. stick that board up your ass. And it's oh like, God. Oh no! Like, what yeah. have I done? You know. Uh, I don't think he absorbed that stuff like normal last No, year. he is like we said, very robot esque. <laughs> um, did, did you say you wanted to go with? Her? I mean, I think you said via text message. You, you, uh, if you did not want me to go first, but I'm more than happy to lead you guys off. Well, what I said is, if you're going to take somebody else's that they had initially. Used. Okay, fine. Then yes, I'll wait. Because I will say, as you guys know. I've gotten better with the loser of the week. I didn't fully grasp the spirit of this. I've gone to some pretty dark places with yes, some of my choices agree. in the past. So I think you guys, I, I, I think overall, both of you come up with much better uh, choices for loser of the week. So I did choose, my backup was, was John's and I was, my backup, my, my head one was, was one that Pat came up with. So I will okay. so, more than happy to go last. All right, you go last then. <laughs> okay. Do you want to start or do you want me to start, John? Um, you know what? I think you should start. Okay. Mine was, I think this guy's runaway. I honestly don't think it's that close. It's Will Smith as loser oh, of the year. Oh, man. I forgot all about him. Will Smith is runaway to me. Loser of the year. I don't know that. His year was terrible. The yeah. man was humiliated from pole to fucking post all, <laughs> all year. He can't dodge it. His wife says... Oh, she she sleeps with other people, and then she says she can't stand sleeping with him. He can't satisfy <laughs> her. He keeps getting pulverized. He has one good thing happening. He writes that terrible book where he won't shut the fuck up about himself. When his wife writes this tweet that takes all of his momentum and says, 
Congrats to Will Smith. <laughs> As if she barely knows him. He tries to tell some story, which I don't know if he thought it would make him more relatable, but says he gets sick when he sleeps with women because he would sleep with so many or something. He spent the year taking all the goodwill that he piled up and burning it. And yeah. not because he did anything bad either. Like, he's not a bad guy. He's just a fucking loser. Like, <laughs> things happen to him. His wife is just fucking, like, stomping on him at all chance she can get in that, whatever show she has, where she just pile drives him into the ground repeatedly. Uh, he became the celebrity you used to know nothing about that you now know more than ever about, and none of it's good. Yeah. It's a slightly that less sad or, like, you know, disturbed. It's a less disturbing fall of grace. Fall from Grace, but it's sort of reminiscent of like nobody really knew anything about Charlie Sheen until he went off the rails. Yeah, and it was like, oh, this is sort of funny at first. Like this guy's kind of crazy, and then I was like, oh, this is super weird and sad. Yeah. And I wish he wasn't on TV all the time, telling us about what he's been up to. Yeah, like please, please <laughs> go really, away, dude. It really does put things in perspective because it's like, hey, listen, you have two options: you could have, you know, the average life like one of the three of ours, or you could be a multi-millionaire being revered and loved by. People all over the world, but but guess what? The only caveat is you have to vomit every time you eat Jack. Yeah. Like, you know what? I'll take the run of the middle life. And, and the guy not getting trounced by his fucking wife. And get humiliated by your wife repeatedly on the yeah. internet, on TV, again and again. It's just like the poor guy, man, could he got beaten up again and again this year. So he was my loser of the year. That's a good one, man. Who do you got, Johnny? I... I struggle with this, but I, I think I'm going to have to go with the dun, captain dun, 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 dun. of the Ever Given. Oh, yeah. A classic. He he I, he was right there in the running for me. Suez Canal? Suez, Suez Canal. Canal. Okay. So, the, you, so you broke protocol because that was Pat's. Yeah. Right, he it. just fucking went. All right. Well, uh, that was... Okay, go ahead. Do you want that one? Why don't you talk about that one? No, and no. I'll talk about one of the other ones. Go ahead, and, John. No, you got it. <laughs> no, no, no. By all means. No, you, right. you, you pronounce his name and talk about it. No, no, no. I mean, it was a good one. By all means, pick it. No, I want you to do it. Guys, as you know, I'm very time-oriented. And the last thing that I want to do is keep people waiting. And I hate to be responsible for something very negative happening. This fucking captain of the Everglades... <laughs> Compromise. Ever so given. Ever fucking given, suit. <laughs> he has one job to get through the fucking Suez Canal, and that gentleman could not. Could, that gentleman could not get that job done. No, he could not. It cost millions of dollars. Billions. Billions of dollars. People waiting. Just a total loser. Um, really screwed the pooch. Yeah, you. I mean, that I mean, guy the one, was... that, the one good thing that came out of it is that he. I guess he was never named. No, he was. So, John, uh, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he was certainly named. <laughs> what was his, what was his name? <laughs> Chris, Chris Nan Pavel. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to... He has another... He, 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 I believe he has a boat, right? Well, the, the, the funny thing is, when, when looking at this stuff uh, this week, the, the Ever Given successfully navigated the Suez Canal for the first time since the incident last, last month. So they, I don't know if he's the captain of the Ever Given anymore. I, I would highly doubt it. He, he must be fired. He's working in the bowels of the ship. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that's a guy. We talked about Steve Belichick walking the plank. Yeah. My guess is they made him walk the plank the minute they got through. My, my, favorite, my favorite joke about this was when they finally dislodged that, that tanker ship. And they, somebody made the comment, like, 
Imagine being the next boat in line to go through the Suez Canal and having the chance to do the funniest thing anyone's ever fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just like pulling it side of it and doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, classic. That was a that's a good one. Well, John, hats off to you for being a gentleman and allowing me to take that one. Go ahead. Who do you got? Of course. I mean, I think that we you have to think of some of these funnier ones because there are some dark ones in there. Yeah. And that was one that just sort of was captivating for a couple weeks. Um, to talk about, imagine how it happened. The visual of it. Oh, uh, so freaking you funny! You see that from the show. Like, what? what is that? Is that is that, what, is that is that lodged in there? You just can't fucking believe it. Um, I I will I will I will take a the audible then, and I will talk about someone who I think is up there in Will Smith uh, range as far as individuals that had one of the worst years ever, and I'll use um, our good buddy Urban Meyer. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. He had a tough fucking year, man. Not for nothing, though. He did shut out the Bills that one game. <laughs> he had literally the worst the worst, the worst head coaching tenure in NFL history. He didn't survive the entirety of the season. Don't have to go through it all because it was so fresh. We just sort of, I feel like we've been railing against him recently. But just the recap of it from the... Um, skipping the team flight home after an embarrassing loss to get uh, like a table dance at that restaurant to the things that he was saying to his assistant coaching staff, calling losers, them losers. <laughs> um, you know, basically, I mean, kicking, what's his name? The uh, kicking the, the Josh Lambo. Um, no good. That, that's a really bad year. And then, you know, everything else that came out about him sort of, his career essentially unraveled before our eyes because there are some people out there that still thought, well, this guy is a is a big-name coach who's done good things in college, and maybe he's ready to take the next step in the NFL. Any any chance that he has of, of working in the NFL is gone for good. I mean, it would be hard for him to get a reasonable job at a university after some of these allegations. It's going to be a while, man. He certainly ruined his reputation. You know, like, I mean, he did, like, he, like, in contrast to Will Smith, Pat, who sort of, it seems like a good guy who was sort of almost just like verbal diarrhea, embarrassing himself. Yeah. It's almost like Urban was it's like self-destructing intentionally in front of everybody. I mean, it's amazing too because someone like Bobby Mike, Bobby Knight, has always had that persona of like, this guy is a jerk. But he gets W's, so they take him at face value because he doesn't try to put up anything in terms of airs. Urban Meyer was like this God-fearing Christian... This, that, and the other thing, family first. Yeah. The guy is an egotistical maniac. Urban Meyer was a co-teacher when he was at Ohio State in a character and leadership course. Think about that. Character and leadership. No, nothing. Yes, his character is terrible. His character, what was he teaching them? Oh, when a guy's down, boot him between the legs? I mean, see if you're going to hurt him? Like, what, what kind of leadership? What kind of way is that to lead? Cheat on your wife with a 19-year-old yes. gorgeous blonde? Oh, I fucking... There, there's a... Yeah, my team had a tough loss, but I'm going to stay and get fucking... Have a few drinks at my bar I own here. They can fly home themselves. Just dereliction of duty, sir. Yeah. I, I will say, the owner of the Jaguars gets some of that loser on him. Because if you... Just, when that happened, when the guy did not fly home with the team and he stayed and he got caught with the girl on his lap, yeah. Urban Meyer does that. You just fire him the next day. You're yeah. done and dusted. You fire him with cause. You say, that's it. If you don't fly home with the fucking team, we're getting pulverized. We don't want to fucking game this season. And you're busted getting trashed and fucking having a... 
yeah, time went on and the girls dancing and lap while the team flies home and fucking like, damn, another loss. I thought we could have made a game of this one. one. You think one of those guys on the Jag was, or one of the guys on the uh, coach's staff was thinking, fuck, you think Gerber could have dragged me along to that? <laughs> yeah. I, wouldn't yeah, mind, I wouldn't mind skipping the flight, the team flight for that. Uh, I you mean, know, it's not an unreasonable thing to bring up, though, because when you do that, you enable everyone else to think the same way. When you're the boss. Absolutely. What if, if you were a guy who played for the Jags, but your family lived in Ohio, be like, I'm not taking the flight home, I'm fucking staying. Yeah. He's not coming. He's the head coach. He's not going. Yes, I don't have to go. Yeah, fuck that. I, you know, I'll, I'll take my own flight when I'm ready. <laughs> and, and one of the arguments that the, this, this thing goes on ownership too, Pat, is that not all seasons are created equal for a franchise. This is by far the most important season of their entire franchise history. With a number one overall uh, draft pick invested in a franchise quarterback, you have to have the right guy in charge for that. Yep. And they hired a guy who wouldn't even fucking go home with the players after a loss. It's unbelievable. I, it's really, I mean, to to misunderstand what you needed from a coach so badly, <laughs> you know, to, to to interview this guy and be like, this is a big season for us with the number one overall pick. We got so lucky. This this quarterback is going to be, he's like franchise altering. We can be good. Yeah. And you're like, I know the guy, Urban. Yeah. And he's fired. He was the first coach, right, who was fired before a full season was completed. Yeah. I think... Was two guys it, have quit or something. Yeah, like two people have quit. Like Bobby Petrino quit. Yes. He like left him to uh, cover a night yes. <laughs> to take a college job. Yes. But this guy was shit-canned. Right. And there's been coaches that haven't won a game. Right. There's been coaches that have went winless and they didn't get fired. Yeah, Joe Judge was made two seasons. <laughs> he, he, he did. He made Joe Judge, who was beaten up in his first season by the offensive <laughs> line coach, allegedly, made it two seasons. Another honorable mention. Yeah, Joe Judge was an honorable mention to me for sure. He he was in there. It was a tough year for NFL coaches. <laughs> it sure was. Uh, those are our losers of the year, folks. I would love to hear from other people who was in the running. I'm sure we'll get a lot of ballots from Mark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do. Can I end with a fun, runner, a fun yeah. honorable mention? Please. It didn't quite fit the bill, but my favorite loser of the week, or the, my favorite loser of, of 2021, was got to be Ron Ponton, the Zoom cat lawyer. Oh, that was oh, a really man, funny yeah, one, yeah. yeah. But that was so charming that it doesn't really... But if you haven't watched that video since it happened, still very funny. I highly suggest looking at it. I think it's too traumatic to go back to the days of where like you had to be on Zoom for literally <laughs> everything that people like just want to forget. That felt like it happened three years ago <laughs> in this pandemic. So, you know? John, in that same video, we're going to mention Zoom Loser of the Week. You could also mention the gentleman who had the name... Oh, like, yeah, yeah, um, it's like the wicked crass thing. It was like, is your you name butt, butt something fucker. Buttfucker? Yeah. You come into my courtroom? <laughs> yeah, that uh, was a tough I'm, I'm not the Buttfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, but I'm not Johnny Buttfucker. Yeah, that was, was you. I'm sure that was about. That was a good one, John. Those are both <laughs> yours. Kudos to you. Uh, anything we wanted to touch on before we wrap up this week, boys? A lot of NFL games to uh, watch. It's going to be great. Looking forward to this weekend. Hopefully the Celtics can get a couple wins. We need it. Mark's going to go skiing. Is that going on? Yeah, if they don't get injured. I would be worried about that. I don't know when the last time you skied was. It's been, uh, it's been a good, probably about the better part of a decade now. Well, stick to the small hills, buddy. Your job yeah. is based upon... I won't be chasing waterfalls. Yeah, your job is based or, upon physical activity. That's right. We'll be back in, uh, on Sunday. At all the real question is, if you guys tore your ACLs, would you even do anything about it or would you just go watch yeah. your No, I would definitely use it. I would have to walk the dog like four times a day. It would be a disaster. But the thing is, 
You don't, you don't change directions. You walk in a straight line. Still, it's not. You don't want to be fucking walking around like that. It's definitely not good for you. No. Eventually, we're gonna get back on the softball field too. We yeah. all need our lateral mo- mobility. Um, will you watch any of the games this week? Do you even have a TV in this place? Of course, I have a TV in this place. How do I know? It's a fucking. It's a. I plan on watching every game, start to finish. Good. I actually thoroughly enjoy watching neutral games more than I like watching Patriots games. Is usually I'm an absolute. You know, turmoil. At least I can relax when I'm watching a game that about two teams I don't give a shit about. Yeah, but when there's a non-Patriots game on, there's always the desire to maybe turn on King of Queens. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know me very well. Are you going to be back in town for the games on Sunday? I will be back on time. Yeah, I'll be uh, Sunday morning. It's all good to plan. Nice. Everybody's yeah, ex Tesla makes it back from New Hampshire. <laughs> nice. Hopefully they get chicken grease up there in the great state of New Hampshire. Yes. Because that's what that car runs on. <laughs> uh, anything else, fellas? I don't think so. All righty. Till next week. Save it for the podcast.